Hello, hello, and welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm so glad you were able to listen in today. My name's Isaiah Ellis. I know it's unusual not to hear Cameron's voice starting off these podcasts, but she is out having a baby, so us ambassadors have stepped up to the challenge of podcast. We're praying Cameron has a safe delivery, but in the meantime, you're going to have to get used to hearing a couple different voices for just a little while. I know Cameron will be back recording podcasts before we know it. Us ambassadors here at Rodeo Kids have had so much fun. When I first started Rodeo Kids, to be honest, there was no way I would be able to have this confidence to be able to do podcasts and talk in public like I have been. And here at Rodeo Kids, we've learned that that's what you need, whether you're asking for a sponsor or you're making your friend. It's growing inside and outside of the arena. These podcasts are just one of the many things we do to improve ourselves as rodeo athletes and leaders in the industry. If you are at all interested in becoming an ambassador or just learning a little bit about what we do, head over to RodeoKids.com to learn more about what we do. Now let's talk about our guest. This man is not only one of the most dedicated cowboys you will hear about, he is a walking miracle. Life has literally knocked him to the ground as low as it gets, but he has not let it face him. No matter what life throws at him, he has used it to make him stronger. I really enjoyed the opportunity to be able to do a podcast with him. Now, let's jump into a podcast with Rodeo Kid Ambassador Isaiah Ellis, me, and Scott Knutson. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. So thank you so much for joining the podcast. I'm so excited. So exciting when we get guests to join the podcast. And, you know, it's really educating everybody, whether you're youth in the industry or whether you're maybe older trying to find a career in what you do or, you know, it's just a very educating thing and I really enjoy doing the podcast and it's something that grows your public speaking whether you're in the arena out of the arena no matter what so many different ways and that's something that I found while doing this podcast yeah that's awesome man thanks for having me on the show no problem no problem so first off can you tell us who you are what you do and a little bit about you Absolutely. So my name is Scott Knudsen and I've been in, I'm a fifth generation Texas cowboy and uh, been on a horse my whole life. When I was one year old, my, I mean, one day my mom brought me home and put me on my dad's roping horse. Wow. I, mean, I just grew up in the saddle, literally, and been around rodeo and, and raised and trained my own horses and, and uh, was an AQHA pro horseman and ambassador for them. And um, have a ranch and, and grew up on that. And my daughter's been raised up on the ranch and, um, shoot, li- love to show horses, you know? Right. That's awesome. Being a fifth generation, I'm a first generation cowboy. And Congrats. that, Congrats, bro. start the tradition. That in itself, it's a journey, you know, your parents not knowing, you know, usually when you start something new, there's somebody that knows. Usually it's your parents that are know they're going to be able to start you off. And being a first-generation cowboy, our parents were figuring it out ourselves, and all of our siblings were all figuring it out ourselves. And so, right, right. you know, sometimes I think, what if our parents did rodeo? Would it be different? You know, I just feel – and you learn a lot, you know, 
being able to pick up on that, pick up on traits and different things, learning it together as a family rather than taking mm-hmm. it from your family member. So I found that right. as cool. Right. So, yeah. You know, I would think it'd be good and bad, you know, like my daughter's a sixth generation cowgirl, you know, and it's good because she gets to learn from us and learn, you know, about horses and injuries and different things that we, you know, that she grew, grew up around. But mm-hmm. um, being a first generation, especially in this time of day, you know, you have social media, you have so many different, you know, methods to learn. So you really have, you have a rodeo kids. Man, <laughs> I love y'all site, man. I love what y'all do. The education piece and the working <laughs> out for sure. So I think that gives y'all a heads up, you know, being the first generation. Right. So Growing up being a fifth generation cowboy, let's talk about that. What was growing up like? Was it rodeo? Was it just ranching? Tell us about that. Oh man, we so we ranched in Central Texas, also in West Texas. We um, the family had race horses. We had quarter horses, so um, you know I'd start the quarter horses. My family would, and uh, we we show we showed race horses in New Mexico, California, Louisiana, all over the South. And um, my dad was a pro calf roper. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to make my living doing horses. And that was part of my living for a long time. So I'd start riding the neighbor's horses. And uh, it just kind of started from that. And, uh, man, just anytime I can get on a horse, it didn't matter. I, I was happy. So did you do rodeos growing up? Yeah, I did. I did the rough stock. And I roped a little bit. You know, all my family is calf ropers and team ropers, you know. But I love the rough stock. And uh, now I rope, too, you know, especially on the ranch. So what events did you do growing up? Bareback. A lot, I loved anything with horses, so bareback for sure. I never did the saddle prompt, but right. I did I, I did bareback. I loved it. I did some bull riding, it, but um, mainly bareback. And you've been in Texas your whole life? Whole life, yeah, generations. I, I've never been to Texas. I, I Somewhere I've always wanted to go. It sounds like that's the cowboy state, it seems like, and that's something that you I've know. always wanted to go. Oh man, it's wherever you're going to be, bro. That's where the cowboy and cowgirl are, is, you know, um, I'm just blessed to be from here. I'm surrounded by a bunch of good people, you know, that help me elevate what I try and do, you know, cause I watch them in the arena. We're competing against each other or we're on the ranch helping each other. And I don't want to be the, you know, the one that brings the team down. So we're always trying to get better. So surround yourself with good people. Yes. Yeah. I like what you said too, that, you know, Cowboys where you're at, you know, we're from Iowa. I'm from Iowa. Um, Isaiah's from Florida, uh, Peyton's with us. She's from, uh, Washington state. And then Gentry is from Colorado. So we've got kids from all over I the love place. It, man. And, um, I love yeah. That. Uh, but it, it is wherever you're at. And I think embracing that and the opportunities within the location that you're at is really important. Um, and I say that especially for like the kids and families that listen to this, because while there are a lot of opportunities in the South and, and it does in the South as in Texas and Oklahoma and stuff, you can still do very well and be very successful right where you're at. As long as you're surrounding yourself with those five to 10 people who are elevating you, just like you were talking about, Scott. Man, I I love that. You know, in Vegas, we had, gosh, between four and seven, you know, young adults with us at all time. And uh, one of them is from my town here in Texas, Fredericksburg, and she's going up to Montana to work all summer. And, uh, but I think it, no matter where you are, there's something to learn. You know, the North, the Northwest, especially the Buckaroo tradition is different than the Texas tradition. And we have a lot of friends that are Vaqueros and Cavaleros in Mexico that come up here totally different, but incredible horsemen and women, you know? So I think it depends on the region you are too. Mm-hmm. So 
growing up, was it quarter horses y'all had or was it mainly quarter horses? Yeah, it was all quarter horses growing up. And then whenever I went to training for the public, it was pretty much anything I could swing a leg over, you know, even a hundred jumper and English saddles, you know, and uh, it, it was great. You know, it taught me to be a better Western rider because I tested myself, you know, uh, we started Mustangs. I did a lot with those guys. And, um, but now we're back to our roots of being a quarter horse guy, but nice. it really helped. It really helped. Right, right, right. So let's talk about growing up, going through school. So you went to college. Why did you go to college for what you did? What was in mind when you went to college for what you did? Man, I went to Tarleton State University in Stephenville. So it, it's a rodeo school and and um, agriculture is really strong there. I wanted to be a business guy too. You know, if, if I was going to be in the horse business, that's the second part of it. You know, you got to understand business, you know, or it's just a hobby. And uh, I wanted, I got a business degree and, and uh, wanted to run it the right way. So, so that's why I went. Did you do anything with that after you got out of college? Yeah, I went into corporate America and they allowed me to rodeo and ride and train. They kind of gave me the open door, which I thought was just a blessing. And um, I did that. So it helped me with my business skills to see how a company runs. And, and then I applied those techniques to what I do now. That's awesome. Yeah. So as you're talking about that, I think, you know, going to college or, or continuing education of some sort, I think a lot of people get lost in industry because they don't create a foundation of understanding on making it a business and understanding how the money side of it works. And spoiler alert for you guys, if you haven't already um, looked ahead into what we're doing in March, but for our Rodeo Kids Ambassador team, it's all about finances and creating a plan next month so right. that these kids can kind of learn how to prepare themselves. And, you know, we'll bring the parents in too. You guys get to work with your parents as well next month. Uh, because it, it it is a lot of money and there's a lot of variables that go into it and it's not super consistent. You know, you're going to have a lot of highs and lows and learning how to create plans and, and be strategic on, on how to make that work, I think is really important. So whether you go to school to get a business degree or you just learn from somebody who has some experience, I think that's so important, um, especially in the equine and agriculture industry. Man, that's so well said. You know, I uh, I always think you try and elevate to the top. You know, you try and hang around with the smarter people. And, you know, in Vegas, you know, I was hanging around some world champions and, and they were world champions, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago. And they did so well with sponsorships. But the reason why is they would roll into a town and start creating relationships. And the second year they were in town, they would grow those relationships. The third time they were in town, they were riding better and they were friends and they were sponsoring them. While everybody else was hanging out behind the chutes and warming up their horses for four hours, he was out there marketing his brand and he was putting himself on the road longer. So, man, just hang around the, the people that are successful because you'll learn every time, whether it's sales or horse business, it doesn't matter. Well, and on that note, I think one thing, you know, with, we do at Rodeo Kids and that I really try to stress, and you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is when mom or dad sends me a message on social media asking if I'll give their kid a patch, essentially so that they look cool, you know, or that they look the part. That yeah. is something that just gets under my skin because that's not what it's about, you know. And, and these kids who, these kids earn these patches. They're here on these podcasts. They're here for the year. Um, and they're learning how to market themselves. And you just, again, and in, in where we're headed and with social media and seeing everybody with patches, and it can be really easy to think that they didn't have to do much to get there. 
like you're talking about these world champions, like especially back in the day before rodeo was televised like it is now, like you have to earn those patches. That's a business. That's a partnership. Um, that is, you know, a relationship, like you said, that you're building with the people who are sponsoring you and you have a duty as somebody wearing that patch to represent that company, to sell whatever product, whatever service, whatever message, like you are a representative of that. And I think that that kind of gets overlooked right now as we watch everybody with all the patches. I agree. I agree. I'd rather have one that I believed in the brand than have 20 because it just gets lost. And if it's given to you, it's worth what you could pay for it. You know, exactly. I think when you earn something, you're going to take care of that brand just like you do yourself. And mm-hmm. and when people see you take care of that one brand, there's going to be more. And they'll also stay with you a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I need a I need a podcast background like yours. I love that. All your bits. Well, I, so- you know, I had a, a great PR person that said, Scott, yeah, I had a picture. It was glossing back. And they were like, don't you have tack? And I'm like, I have some tack. So these are all like retired horses that really did good for the ranch. So I just kind of retired their head stalls and reins. That is so, so cool. Yeah. Thank cool. you, man. I appreciate it. So, you know, I know you said you did some rough stock and some roping growing up. Do you do rodeo now or what are you doing now? No, I still have the ranch. So we still have our breeding operation here. And then I, I sort pin, we team rope a little bit, but we ranch rope a lot and just still cowboy when I'm home. I'm not as home as much because I travel so much, but it's kind of funny. I'm still riding other people's horses, you know? What does a day in ranching look like at your place? Oh man, we're up early. You know, I get up early, you know, I read my Bible for a while and then I work out real hard for about an hour, hour and a half because um, you know, that's just important to keep going, the longevity piece. And, um, and then, man, it's down to the barn to start feeding and taking care of animals and hopefully ride. You know, um, we have other projects we do, um, you know, like the coffee is a small piece of it, but just different things. So we focus on the business and, and uh, get back down there to the barn and start riding when we can. Um, tomorrow, I'm supposed to be in uh, Georgetown working cattle with, you know, but I'm going to be in Fredericksburg in a business meeting with a different sponsor. So it just kind of depends from day to day, but I really try and be consistent and have a plan. Sounds like you're always busy running around, ranching, talking. This is like a really busy, really busy life. You know, it's the coolest thing about our industry is there's so many different things you can do within it. You know, Mm -hmm. whether you're first generation or fifth or whatever age you are, you can be busy and make a living if you choose to do it. And if you find something you truly love within it, even if you don't ride a horse, you can make a living. Yeah, and it's something you don't see that opportunity used with everybody. Not everybody uses all the opportunities that are given. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes they're overlooking. Yeah, some one thing my husband and I have really been talking about a lot is we're um, we're pretty diversified. We've got a feedlot, we farm. I've got the Performance Pony Company and Rodeo Kids, and we have a tractor repair shop, and and just and then we rodeo too, and, and like to have fun as well, and. So just diversity and being able to diversify yourself. And as we kind of go back to the business side of things, or at least having an understanding and like you're saying, having maybe more than one outlet. If you think about rodeo and horses, you're using your body specifically as your vessel to make money. If you get injured, what happens then? You can't make any money for a while because you're you're out. And so when you have yourself diversified where maybe it's not your main gig, but at least if something does happen until your leg heals up or you can get back on, 
then you can keep going. And, you know, we said before, you're going to have winning seasons and you're going to have learning seasons and being able to continue to fund yourself and, and your rodeo habits or hobbies or whatever level you're at or profession um, through other avenues, through the ebbs and flows, I think is really important um, and being able to diversify yourself. Yeah, I love that. And you never know where your next sponsor, your next partner, your next business partner is going to come from. So when you're diversified, you know, I'm, I'm the same way, man. We have so many different things going on because I love being busy. And, um, man, we have partners now that crisscross, which they never were in the other aspect of it. So it makes it a lot of fun, too. But it is a great security blanket. For sure. For yeah. sure. So, if I'm not mistaken, it's called On the Road with On the Road with the Cowboy Entrepreneur. Yeah, that's the uh, um, the TV show. So tell um, us how you started that, why you started that, and how man, has that been? Uh, honestly, man, it was a total accident, you know. Um, I was so camera shy, and I didn't like to speak in public. So I would do clinics with horses, and people would be around, but I would always focus on the animal. And I, in my mind, I would say they're not looking at me, and I knew they were. And I would just always block that out. I just It just scared me to death. And my niece asked me to speak at Texas A&M for the Horseman Club. And she said, it's just a little club. And I never tell my daughter or nieces, cousins, anything, no, ever. Because if they're asking me, they're such good kids, I know they need it. And so I went and I had a bunch of, you know, mag I was going to give them magazines and different things, you know, just trying to keep them in the, the deal. So I spoke and I said, just, you can ask me anything after the talk. And the first question was, have I ever been hurt? So I answered it honestly and I could see all the, the kids at A&M lean in. And then the second question was, have I ever failed? And oh my gosh, you know, that's the only way you succeed is if you fail. And I answered it. And then in the, the handshake line, you know, they were crying saying, no one's ever said it was okay to fail. No one has ever talked about their injuries being a cowboy or in this industry. And on my way back home, I knew we did something right. You know, I don't know what, I didn't know what it was. It just felt right. So I called a friend of mine that owned Performance Horse Digest at the time. And I said, man, we got to find somebody to help me go on the road and let's just talk and see where it leads. And it led to um, me speaking and then the books and the TV and such. It was an accident, man. But, you know, it's what I talk about. You just say yes. You never know where that yes is going to lead. And the one thing with me is like, we're trying to film. We're trying to do a little more, get more into our social media and grow in that. And I've noticed I can talk on a podcast all day and I can talk to people all day, but if I try to talk to myself in a camera, it is so hard for me. I mess up yeah. so much. It's like, nobody's around you. You're talking to yourself. You talk all the time. I don't understand how hard it is. So growing in that, that's something definitely that I'm having trouble getting over. And I'm sure that's something you've had to overcome while growing in your show. Am I correct? Absolutely. Yeah. The first time I was petrified, but you know, uh, we, st I started watching the bloopers, you know, and there was more bloopers than show and eventually it changed over, but, um, it, it worked out, you know, and I, I focused on my guests, you know, and that helped a lot, you know, cause, um, um, I was more interested in their stories than mine. So it really refocused my mindset. I relaxed and did my shows. I love that you're saying that because that's one thing I can definitely relate to. Like when I started doing these podcasts and videos and just different things that we do for rodeo kids, I would be the same way and I'd get nervous about performing and, and because it is a performance, essentially you're, you're trying to put on a performance to a certain extent. Right. But when I reframed it to, okay, like 
for whatever reason, God put me here and I have a message that he needs me to share. So I'm not sharing this message because I need to hear it because I've already heard it. I need to be a vessel for somebody else. And when I took that pressure off of myself and said, okay, God's going to use me and I'm just the the middleman, that really helped me because then I thought, well, if I don't say this, if I don't do this thing that I'm being asked to do, who am I hurting? Who isn't hearing this message that needs to hear it because I'm selfishly scared and worried about my own self-image? Because that's what it comes down to is worrying about what other people are going to think of me. And once I kind of, once I looked at it in that light, and I don't know if I read something or it just kind of came to me that I was making it about me instead of about other people, then I was able to say, oh, like, this isn't about me. I get to do this because I want Peyton and everybody that listens to this. And then it's like, all right, just let her flow. That's (laughs) so good. That's so good. Because there's always someone that's going to learn something, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's you're the vessel to get it there. And, and that's yep. kind of the way I look at it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's so many good young adults, man. I mean, all over the world, you know, and I think it's important for the podcast and what you do is so important because, um, man, they just get a little bit of help, you know, a little bit of direction. Then you just step back and watch them shine, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and going, yeah. off what both of you, going off what both of you said, sometimes it takes a podcast, a video, or talking to somebody to really realize that you have a story that needs to be told. You know, I know you said you were talking in public for your niece. It might That's what might have taken you to realize, I have a story that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. This story is going to change a life. This story is going to grow somebody. Have, is that something you realized when you went and talked? I have a story. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize I did. You know, I just thought it was part of being a cowboy. You know, you just get hurt and you fix yourself up. And, you know, I... I doctored myself, you know, a lot of times at the barn, you know, and I did a lot of things, you know, we got hit by lightning and we just kept going until we couldn't and broke my neck and I tried to fix, I mean, just crazy stuff. And, um, you know, but after a while, you know, I just realized it wasn't the smartest thing to do, you know? And then when we flipped it and someone said, man, you got a story with all these stories. So we wrote a book and, um, it, it, everybody's going to have a story. You know, that's one of my talks is that I'd go to the feed store back in the day when I was young and um, I'd see all the old cowboys sitting around the feed store and they had a stove top, you know, and it was hot. I mean, it was cold outside and I'd hear them tell stories and I was so scared. I wasn't going to be able to tell a story, you know? So I just wanted to get up every day and live my life a hundred percent and hoped I would have enough stories. And um, it just happens that way. So what y'all are doing, man, y'all are creating stories and building relationships. Thank you. So with your show, you also have done podcasts. Is that something you started with the show, something that came after? And why did you do that? Man, I started talking and speaking and, um, and then it went into the podcast and the podcast was great because it really helped me create relationships with people that I probably wouldn't have. And then um, after the podcast, it went into um, that show on Equus, and now it's gone into the movies and other shows. Um, hold up just a second, Isaiah. Let's rewind a little. And for those who aren't familiar, because we haven't all done a lot of research yet, um, what is the show that you have? Like, what is that about? So um, what's the podcast it called? It's called um, Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. And it's a podcast on Apple to iHeart. It's on all the platforms. And, you know, we just talk to different people, different entrepreneurs, kind of tied to the horse industry. Um, 
you know, from singers that have horses to horse trainers to top rodeo people to even some NASCAR guys, you know, that are in the horse world. And then we started our TV show called On the Road with the Cowboy Entrepreneur. And that's where we took our TV crews out and we would cover things, you know, from um, a movie studio that um, is surrounded by horses and they do Westerns to um, military um, places where they use horses to heal people. So that's kind of the TV show for that. And then, and now we're working on so many other projects. It's just um, fun. It's just fun. Yeah. And where can you find the TV show? That's on Equus TV, which is on Roku. And then we okay. have some others coming out soon. Um, uh, yeah. And then the movie where we start filming that, I think this spring is what they told me. And uh, that'd be a feature film. And then I think we have another one rolling right after. And it, it, it's, yeah. And that's on our family. So, um, we wanted a director that understood horses and um, our executive producer, you know, rides two or three times a week and, you know, make it good for the industry. You know, we sure as heck don't want to embarrass the industry or ourselves. That is a lot of cameras, man. I could not. And I'm imagine. telling you what, and you know, my daughter's helped me so much. Like she's awesome on stage and she's an actress and a singer, you know, and she just nails it. But she's like, dad, timing, pacing. And she helps me so much. So we actually learn from each other. And now we get to go on the road together, my wife and daughter and I. So it's so much fun. You know, we were on stage in Dallas for a Hollywood prayer event. And there was all these Hollywood actors and producers. And and then I look to my right and there's my wife and my daughter's on the left and you know, we're just talk, just wearing our cowboy hat, you know, telling horse stories. And uh, it, it's kind of neat, you know. We're, well, we're, one thing we're that I think is, yeah, one thing that I think is kind of neat that I'm hearing you say is that you're getting to do a really cool thing just being yourself. That's it, man. That That's the whole thing. You know, we are. And they want us to be silly and show that a family gets along and, you know, there's some hard work and it's okay to get hurt. You just can't lay down. You know, you got to get back up and, and, you know, it's just real life and we don't hide it mm-hmm. and it works, you know, and people gravitate to that. And, uh, I, I didn't know they would, I had no idea. So, you know, like for all y'all on here, you know, and everybody, you know, rodeo kids, if they just live their life and do the right thing, you know, like what you, what y'all have them doing on the website, man, if they just follow those, those key principles, oh my gosh, superstars, no matter where they go in the field. Right. Yeah. Um, have you found it easier to be yourself with your family there? Because I know any yes. everybody that films does not get that opportunity to bring their family along with them. Have you found right. that easier to be yourself? Yeah, you know, sometimes I go by myself and I, I can do my job pretty good, you know. Um, it's just not as fun. When they're there, it's like we just laugh the whole time, you know. we It, we, it makes it a lot better. Um right. But I, I can still do it by myself, you know, because I, I I was on the road by myself for so long, you know, and I have partners and such. But when we're together, it just makes it so much more special. We were in Oklahoma filming a show and I did my own stunts for that show. And it was freezing cold. and We were airport hangar and I was getting thrown against the wall and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, that was kind of funny because I saw them out of the corner of my eye watching me and they're like, dad's getting thrown against the wall, you know, <laughs> and you got you can't focus on that. But. It's fun being together. Yeah, I'm sure that's an awesome opportunity you have. So going back, you know, something that I struggle with while doing these podcasts is coming up with the questions for the podcast. Not Mm -hmm. to say struggle, but it kind of makes me nervous. It's something that I'm always thinking about. How do you 
come up with the questions for the guests on your podcast. And, you know, I find interesting guests that I can learn from. And then I, that's how I attack them. Like Dr. Anderson told me about y'all and he's been on our show two or three times. And man, I just, how he built his business and his family dynamic. And there was, I didn't have enough time to ask questions, you know, and usually if you have that right guest on there, they're going to speak enough where you'll hear something that'll take you off. I usually never finish my questions. I usually hit one or two and I have 10, you know, because it takes me off a different way. Mm-hmm. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Anderson's one that I could do a whole other podcast on. I still have. Uh, he's a great man, um, and his family is great. And um, you know, we feed total feeds, and and I'm not even plugging them. I'm just just good people. You know, you can't brag on them enough. Oh, for sure. So going back into your podcast, what's something you hope your listeners take away from your podcast? Man, I hope they learn something. I hope they laugh a lot, and and just know it's okay to fail because. Um, Golly, you know, we do it every day, you know, even on that horse I'm trying to work on, you know, if he's not picking it up, it's not the horse, it's me, you know, I haven't figured out the key to that horse, you know, and once I do, and they take all, oh my goodness, it's such a great feeling, but, you know, it's okay, you know, it's, it's, that's a, that's a big key of it. I think, uh, you know, back to Isaiah's question, you know, when he was talking about your podcast and how you come up with questions and, and being around people, I think it, it relates to horses too. It's being curious about them, being genuinely curious about who they are, how they got where they're at and more to, you know, and asking those questions and, and you get to ask them like this verbally with humans, you know, so being curious about them and asking and interacting that way. And with horses, being curious about their story, because horses have a story too. Um, And I think when we, when we create it and look at it more, instead of trying to get something from them all the time, but creating that relationship and that friendship. That's so good. You know, and building a relationship is asking questions and learning about what, who you're trying to build, whether it's a sponsor or whether it's a horse, you know, you got to understand where they've been. So you know where you're going to go. And, and uh, with our horses, you know, everyone has a story, even the ones that grow up on our ranch, you know, there's something that I didn't see one day that happened to them, whether good or bad, you know, and they're all a little bit different. And it's just figuring out that key to what gets them the ultimate performance opportunity and once you find that it's fun and it's the same with the guests you know you just kind of work around until you find that right thing and you find that passion point it sells one-on-one you just keep asking questions till you find their passion point and then you focus on that and it's the same Mm -hmm. in sales it's the same working a horse it's the same um running a show and so they get to media content um or be a podcaster or create videos or do uh, public relations where they go out and actually do something with other people. So they're going to sign up with that. And Isaiah's decided to take over the podcast or asked him to, cause he's got some experience and a lot of interest in it. Well, um, I'm 36 weeks pregnant. So we're, uh, Isaiah's taken over in that time frame, and these girls are going to help him out. But Isaiah I was just telling him, it sounds to me like you need to sign up for the videos version. I, I think so. Count yourself a little. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so with filming podcasts, um, especially if you're doing it live, you do your podcasts live? No, I record them all. I okay. record them all. Well, I mean, even while you're recording, 
there's a whole bunch of ups and downs. Has there been any unexpected challenges or surprises Ooh. while doing your podcast? Absolutely. You know, so I have a producer now that helps me do all my shows. And bef- right before that, um, I had a guy on and he's um pretty well-known actor and he's been on, he's a horse wrangler for some of the bigger shows now on TV and a good guy. And um, I, I turned on my podcast. I was ready to go. You know, I had my questions and, you know, as professional as I can be. And uh, I did the whole show and I didn't hit record. And, and uh, I had to call him back say, man, I screwed this whole deal up. My, <laughs> you know, and we laughed about it and he was gracious, you know, he's like, let's do it again. And actually the second time when we did the show, it was a better show. The questions were better. Our relationship was better. Um, but yeah, it happens all the time, even for the TV show, you know, working with other professionals that do that for a living, things are going to happen and audio there's, there's always something, um, you just kind of have to work through it, you know, and learn from it. You know, the, the lady that's doing our movie, um, her dad's a hall of fame horseman and, um, she was going to use some of his horses for one of her movies. Well, they're not movie horses. So all the electrical cables on the ground looked like snakes. And when they pulled the drone over, it looked like a buzzard coming down and it was just a wreck. So they had to reshoot the day. Well, that's several hundred thousand dollars. It was a big mistake, but now she'll never use her dad's horses again. So it just happens. You just learn from it and build a relationship and keep going. That is crazy. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is I'm, actually serious i had a dream last night that i did this podcast and i did the whole thing and i got done and it wasn't recorded and i was like really so i'm not even joking and i was like that is so embarrassing i was like well i did it brother it was (laughs) yeah i had it one time where i had been messing with the audio settings on my um recording platform and I did it to where it only picked up when people were talking. It did not mm-hmm. include the spaces between like when they breathe. So I got the whole podcast, but it was like this talking this really fast. I had to ask the person to record the podcast, re-record the podcast as well. And it was just like, oh my oh, gosh. Isn't it bad? That. Oh, it is. So it's bad. a worse feeling. Yes. Yeah. But it's a good teacher. <laughs> yeah. Peyton, do you have a question? Yes, I did. I kind of like, at least as I had dreamed of it and didn't actually do it, because if we did, then we would probably have to do this whole meeting again. So, for sure. Yeah, I mean, all this practice makes perfect. So, absolutely, yes. absolutely. So, in your bio, I I actually messaged Cameron. I was like, "Is this some figure of speech? Like, I don't understand." Um, it says you're struck by lightning. You actually yeah, it's true, man. You know, I was, um, it was my story. daughter's, yeah, my daughter's one year birthday and she's 19 now. And I was riding horses and my wife kind of motioned to me and I ran, I rode the horse up to the tractor barn and, um, it was raining off about, you know, another town over like a 20 miles. You could see it, but it was sunny where we were at the end of July. And I got off the horse and my wife, she's so cool. She's beautiful. She's a city mo- city girl model. Now she runs the ranch. I mean, she's fantastic. But she cleaned the tractor. Now I'm looking at a clean tractor, holding my one-year-old baby in my left arm, and my wife is on the right, and there's a quarter horse here, and there's chickens. It's perfect cowboy day. It was just great. And then out of the blue, a lightning bolt came and went in front of my wife, 
It messed up her eyes for a few days, but it went in my head and out my hand. Wow. And uh, yeah, so it wrapped around my daughter and um, she was one and it, it was a pretty bad deal um, for a long time. So I lost all my memory from before the lightning strike and I had to learn to read and write again. So my wife taught me um, with my daughter. So my daughter and I are on the floor playing wiggle, watching the wiggles. And my wife is teaching me numbers and, um, you know, um, I just had to re retool everything, um, messed up everything, you know, but, um, everything's back except the memory from before the, um, the lightning strike. But so I just got to, you know, date my wife again and everything else. So it worked out, but, um, oh. so, but you, you know, didn't so remember I don't know anything. if you can see it, but we changed our brand. So it used to be the cowboy. Uh, it was, um, Knutson and horses, Knutson and equine center. So we changed our brand with the K and it has a lightning bolt. And we just said, we're going to brand it. That's the greatest thing in the world. So we went up to the courthouse. That's our new brand, our brand, 19 years, almost 20 years now. It's on our horses and trailers and everywhere. And, you know, we didn't want to run away from that bad situation. And, you know, whether it's a car wreck or lightning or stuff comes out, you know, when you're not expecting it, you just have to live through it. You know, I've been dead three times, you know, so, um, but, but that was a rough one. Cause I was worried about my daughter. You know, and then after it happened, I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't know what happened. But now I think I made our family closer going through that. I have like 500 questions. You just calmly said you got struck in the head by lightning. Like it's yeah. an everyday thing. Okay, so let's and, go back. Let's go back. Um, so you were struck by lightning. Was yeah. it, did you immediately realize, oh, I've just been struck by lightning? No. Um, I knew there was chaos because the chickens were running into the horse were running into each other. The chickens were flying. I, somehow my daughter got to my wife. I don't know. Um, our house is about 300 yards away. So the pipes in the backyard came out. It blew the TV. It was a bad deal, but we were almost like, did we just get hit by lightning? Cause it wasn't raining and it's almost a joke. And then after that, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And my wife is in, you know, young mom mode and she's got to get a birthday cake. We live 20 minutes from town and she comes back. She shouldn't have drove. And my face was all black and I couldn't dial the phone or anything. And it just went. So we went to the hospital and they sent us home and said, no one's ever lived. We don't know what to do. And uh, our doctor took us back. And, uh, you know, after that, it got really bad for a while. And, and we just kind of worked back through it. You know, we just didn't want to quit. And that's where my wife changed, man. She went from the model to the cowgirl, started running the ranch. We got some help for her. At that time, you know, we had cattle and horses and goats and shit. I mean, a lot, you know, and borders and she just did it and taught me to read and write again. So you don't remember anything from before you were struck by lightning? No, it's gone. It's gone. And how old were you when you got struck by lightning? I was, um, golly, 31 or two. Could you yeah. imagine losing... 32 years of memory. Yeah. It was tough, man. You know, and I did, but I never got sad about it. You know, I figured, you know, my daughter was fine. My wife became okay. And I knew I had a fight shot. You know, I messed up my heart, lungs, and different things. The feelings in my teeth fell out. It was, it was bad, but all that got well, except for the memory piece. And um, I have plates in my face and shoulder and neck and back and knees and from riding. And I thought it was that, but it was just a freak deal. And, um, you know, we just made our memories again. And when I go home, you know, my family's really good back in Georgetown. Hey, you knew this person when they'd walk up or my wife would tell me, you know, this person from this place. So I, I didn't want to look 
not arrogant. I have no reason to be arrogant, but I just didn't want to look like I did. I forgot them. You know, I was really worried about disappointing somebody. So you had to relearn how to um, ride horses. You had to relearn your whole ranch operation and everything. Yeah. You know, my wife would take me down there um, to the barn and like our little mule our Kawasaki mule and stuff to protect me because she didn't want me on the ground walking. And my daughter was a young kid too, you know, so really she had two toddlers. And uh, as I started getting well, that first ride, you know, it was tough, you know, but I'm a natural, you know, so it, it came back pretty quick, but the first one, I just didn't, I wanted to be right for the horse. Wow. Yeah. Hey, did you have a question? Yeah. Like, well, technically Colin, but I think it's like, it's really cool how you literally just said like, you got struck by lightning and stuff. And then we all like talked about something else. We're like, we actually realized what you said, like, wait, you got struck by lightning. And I think it's really cool because like, you're like, the hospital said that not everyone lives from this, but they don't know what to do. And it's like, it's everyone's eyes are wide. It's like, something you don't hear a lot. Yeah, yeah it, definitely. Yeah, we were blessed for sure. You know, it, it put me out for a while and, you know, um, just didn't want to quit. You know, and I surrounded myself once again with good people. And Tracy, my wife, would set my chair by the um, window. And uh, I'd look at the horses and I knew that was my happy spot. And and uh, just wanted to get well. And, uh, you know, I've been dead three times. You know, that was one of them. And, um, you know, I, I call them my hospital wife and my daughter. You know, she grew up in the hospital with me. But um, we just always wanted to overcome. You know, when I broke my back, um, I took a rig and off one of them, I did, and my wife went down there and did it, off of one of my saddles and put it on the bed to help me get out of bed because I didn't want to lay around. You know, so I'd go to a chair. And while I was in the house, though, I would look at the horses, and this was not the lightning. This was another accident. I'd put plans in place for each horse. You know, this is what I'm going to do with this horse when I get well. This is So my mind, I was already well training a horse. So when I came out, I already had a plan. I just didn't want to sit and just, you know, so watch you, TV. So you broke your back as well? Oh, man, I broke 60 bones. Um, I broke my neck. I died from that. Um I'll tell you a funny, it's not really, it's funny now, I guess. So I was really trying to be healthy and working out hard, you know, and I work out hard now and I would carry this plastic jug. It was a gallon jug of water and I drink it all day so I can measure it. Well, silly me, I I, I would clean it because I'm a germaphobe. I love everything clean and perfect. I'd clean it every night. I didn't know to use bleach in plastic. So I was using soap and water. Well, what happened was I created a, a bacteria. It was oh, OK, 147, E. coli and C. diff. And I was losing weight like I'm not a heavy person, but I um, I lost more. And I was telling my wife, you know, just playing, you know, look, I'm really getting in shape. I'm getting cut up and uh, just kind of playing around. And, and one day I just passed out and it, I did. I died from that and it, it killed me. You know, I was in the hospital a long time and we came back and they finally figured out what it was. Um, wow. Yeah. Before I go to my next question, Gentry, did you have a question? Um, I did. It's like, it's so crazy how you just say these things like it's an everything, like it's an everyday deal for you. And that just shows me what God can do for us and what he can, yeah. like, do everything. Yeah. Well, that's some wisdom right there, Gentry. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he he's great. And um, I, I just don't put myself in a patient mentality, you know, I'm. You know, I believe in the 
believers overcome, having that authority to um, get well. How much more of a sign do we need that God has a purpose for us on this life? You know, through, I mean, you're talking about dying. I mean, I think that's just God showing you, like, I'm not through with you. Like, I I just can't imagine. It's hard for someone to understand, like, to real, just to go through all that and just to be alive and still be walking and be able to tell your story. You're, it's just awesome how you've been able to overcome it. And it's really, there's no explanation but God. He's, he's obviously he has a reason for you to be on this earth. And I see that you're fulfilling your purpose on this earth. And it's just awesome to see how much you're doing and how much you went through, how much you went through has made you stronger for the things that you're going, that you're doing now. And I just, that's just awesome to me. Hey, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. You know, I think, you know, things happen, you know, and you can take it one way or the other. And then you learn from me, go on. We started our foundation this year, well, last year in October, um, the Cowboy Entrepreneur Foundation. And it's just to give back to, you know, families in our industry that maybe they don't live through it, you know, or something happens. And, um, you know, there was two cowboys last year riding their horses. One was in New Mexico. I think one, I can't remember where the other one, they got hit by lightning and it killed them and the horse. You know, things happen, you know, um, there was two guys that, you know, broke their neck and they had a wife and a daughter and they didn't make it. I did. I mean, we, we got to go help some people. So that's what we want to do. And that's what rodeo kids are all about. You know? Yeah. I was going to say too, I think it's awesome. You know what Isaiah said, and, and not only how you have overcome this as an individual and built your relationship with God and you're giving him the glory, but you're giving back to you're using you're using you're his vessel and you're using this as a vessel everything you've experienced and um i think if more of us would do that on in the world you know we'd be in a a whole different place but um i just i really appreciate that you're doing that and you're sharing this story and you're putting it out there and and when we do that i think you you know just everything that you have going on is proof that that when we live for him and that when we do the things and we take these experiences the good the bad the ugly the pretty all of it and we use it to be that vessel, to be that voice, to walk that path and to walk in that purpose. Look at what he can provide and what he does and how cool life gets to be when we walk that way. And um, sometimes I think people don't realize just how cool and amazing it is when we do. Amazing God. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's just, I, I just cannot get over. It's amazing. It's crazy to me. And I I think sometimes God does these things for a wake-up call. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not a wake-up call just for you. Maybe it's a wake-up call for your family or your friends or the people you're sharing your story with. It's a, I think God does this to show you, how e- one, how easily things can happen. And not only that, but to show you how well he can work in these situations and how easily people can overcome things through him. I think yes. that it's just crazy. Yeah, that's good, man. That's well said. You know, he's always at the center, you know, and we never thought anything about it. You know, like my daughter, we talk about it, you know, on horseback. She's like, Dad, I just thought this was all normal, you know, being in a hospital or getting hurt or riding horses. And, you know, none of what any of us do on this call or on this Zoom is normal. You know, there's a lot of people that would love to be around the horses or be on, on a Zoom with y'all. I mean, it's you know, I never take anything for granted, you know. 
Mm-hmm. That's one of the big lessons that, you know, I, I had a rodeo coach that was on the podcast and he framed it in a way that I had just never thought of how if you take, you know, the world and then you take people who are just involved in agriculture and then you break that down to people who are involved in, in farming and ranching and, and then you take the people who use horses and then you take the people who use horses and get to rodeo and then you take those people who are doing what we're doing and we're just such a small tiny percentage you know our worst days are somebody else's dream oh absolutely and i think when you think of it that way it allows you to wake up every morning and just be grateful to even have one horse to go out and feed let alone you know all the others and the opportunities that we get to do yeah that's so good yeah the water bucket's not as heavy when you think of it like that mm-hmm. one thing that i love about mr scott and one of the reasons i wanted to do one of this podcast is you're a man who wears many hats, very many hats, and you're always doing something different. You, so saying that you do books, you write books. Yeah, we just had our first book launch um, two weeks ago called Sovereign Reign. It talks about being a sovereign God, and there's 17 Western stories that have happened to us, and I think I just mentioned three of them. Um, you know, but it's rain like a horse rain, and of course, it involves our family, and and uh, it's by Leadership Books as a book publisher, and. You know, he's a horse guy and um, he's a leadership guy. So he was a perfect one to write it. And our second book will be out, I think, in six months. And we'll start in our third. And, uh, you know, for learning to read and write again, I just thought it was a privilege to even get the chance to do it, you know. Two questions going off of that. Number one, where can people get your books? Number two, um, what made you want to start these? Uh, you know, it was a challenge, you know, they, someone said, you got to write your stories down. And, um, I I was a little bit nervous, you know, I didn't want to embarrass my family, you know, and, and, uh, myself. So there's a lot of short little words in there. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I'd never thought of being a writer, you know, before or after the accident. So I wanted to take that challenge and do it. Um, and they called me to do it. So I, I figured I wanted to do it and they can find on my, th- it's on leadershipbooks.com and Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I think someone said target now. And, um, you know, it's just, it's an honor to get to write them. And it, once again, it tells our stories, you know, our industry stories. And I, I think there's more and more people in the metros and such that are wanting to be a part of our stories, like what we get to do. And they can still do it from the city. You know, with technology and everything else, it's really working well in the farming industry, you know, with tractors and such and having the digitalization, you know. So I think as more people hear about what our industry is like, it's good. You know, we'll get some more first generation people. We need it. I think on that, too. You know, like through what you're doing and, and just the, the media that we're able to utilize through social media, through books, through podcasts, through everything mm-hmm. is really cool. And, you know, Yellowstone, I mean, it was very theatrical, but it did do a lot of cool things for our industry and shed a lot of light on this lifestyle. But I think more than anything, um, kind of you when you were talking about your show and stuff and, and getting to be who you are, I think people are looking for real. I think they're looking for real, honest, true, good characters, good morals. They're looking for a foundation that they can build a life on that makes sense, that that answers the questions. And I think, you know, one thing about agriculture and rodeo and the Western industry is that we still have that foundation. You know, is it does it get a little flaky sometimes? Sure. We're still human. I mean, but 
I think for the most part, when you talk about people in the more urban areas, I think that's why they're starting to gravitate more towards it because they're looking for real in a world that's becoming pretty fake. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely. A couple of our shows we're working on right now, one they just did the deck on um, for a network. It's all about just following the family around, just showing how real it is. You know, there's bad days. Absolutely. You know, you go down and pipes are bust and, you know, horse doesn't work or whatever, but um, it's just getting through those days. And it's just like you said, it's being real, you know, it's getting a little dirt on you and and just still smiling. And uh, I I love that part of it. Peyton, did you have a question? Oh, well, I think he definitely has grit because, well, even after like losing all these things by like get, uh, by like getting struck by lightning and then he had forget a whole bunch of things and then he's like still wanted to relearn them and now he wants to do, he's done all these things since mm-hmm. it's been a few years and I feel like there's a lot of growth from that. Thank you. For sure. Do you have a question? Um, My first question is, what's the name of the book again? Uh, The first book is called Sovereign Reign. Okay. R-E-I-N. And And we'll put that in the chat and everything and in the description so you can find it there with the link to it. And then um, to me, it's like crazy because how you've like been struck like, with like been struck by lightning and had to relearn all these things and now you're making movies you're writing you have a breeding business you make books it's just amazing to me yeah thank For you sure. so much thank you the words, the words start again come to mind for me that you can always start again no matter where you're at like you can you can start again even on your you you guys might think some days that you get down with the rodeo and it doesn't go like you want it to and the world's going to come to an end. But you get to start again every day that you wake up and your feet hit the ground. You're starting again. Yeah, that's right. When that sun pushes the moon down, man, it's a brand new day and you get to roll. And and there's nothing better, you know. Um, this start, mm-hmm. you know, like you mentioned the coffee earlier, you know, we just like coffee and we're like, why don't we do it? It'd be kind of fun. So I named one after my daughter and I named one after the book and one after the ranch. I mean, we just have fun, you know, it's business for sure, but, um, we want to enjoy ourselves too. It's okay to smile and laugh and, and uh, still work hard. And that was my next question. How did you get into the coffee business? Man, I like coffee. I drink a lot of <laughs> coffee and that, it was that simple i figured it went well with being a cowboy or cowgirl western industry and and uh, we went through a bunch of different coffee you know manufacturers and we found some that was pretty good you know and and uh then we wanted to name it you know after the book or you know for sure my daughter and uh it's funny she's blonde hair and and goes a hundred you know and and her brand is haley's bland and it's it's um uh, it's a light a light blonde roast extra caffeine and that just that's her so uh you know so we just we, we have fun you know we're just trying to make some memories and and uh that's it and it is very good coffee if it wasn't the middle of the day and i wasn't pregnant when i had to take it because i already drank plenty of coffee when i tried it i would have had a whole cup because it was awesome oh thank you so much that was such a fun time you know like i said we had four four to seven young people with this four especially the whole time 
they worked so hard. You know, we prayed over the booth or over our event that night. We had our big gala and before and after. And man, just so many different people, Dr. Anderson and on just came up. So, man, these these young ladies and young men are just incredible. Mm -hmm. So what y'all are doing, is it'll be noticed for sure, you know, and that's yeah, what's that's, so exciting. Yeah, it's similar because, you know, we had Isaiah got to come out and Peyton came out to Vegas for our booth and a handful of the other ambassadors. And it was just so fun seeing them in that atmosphere and giving them the opportunity to be on that stage and to, to challenge themselves and to have fun talking to other people and running different parts of the booth. And it's just really cool. You know what you're doing, we're doing everything. These kids have so much inside of them and they're so oh. smart and they have just the opportunities are endless as long as they continue to pursue them. So yeah, it's awesome cool. that you are continuing to give them these as well. You. Well, you too, for sure. And what you're doing is so strong. You know, it's funny. We had an intern here and we give our interns a lot of Lee. And uh, he said, I said, so what do we need to do on the ranch? What what, what can we do to improve it? You know, because everybody sees something a little bit different, you know, and if you're new or if you've been around for a while, you see different things. You know, I might be thinking about coffee while they're seeing something else, you know. And he's like, man, we really need to fix this fence on the back corner of the place. He's talking about my ranch. And I'm like, well, put a plan down and tell me the number. Number, go get the stuff and go do it. He said, you want to hear it? Nope. You've been, you, you, you know, you rode your first horse here. You've interned here. Just go build the fence. Go do it. What if it's not right? I'm like, we'll tear it down and do it again, you know? And I'll be dang, it wasn't just perfect. He did everything just right. You know, it's just like what you said, you know, you give these young adults a little room and it turns out pretty good most of the time. For sure. So I'm running out of time here. Um, for my last question, um, I see you have a Cowboy Entrepreneur Foundation to help cowboy mm -hmm. families. Um, mm -hmm. Is that why did you start that? And is that something you're seeing a lot of the community pour into? Yeah, we've been so blessed. It grew so fast. We had our first event in uh, at at the NFR. Um, we have a great board of directors, um, just fantastic, um, and uh, the executive director is great. And man, we just want to give back. You know, we we know what it feels like when somebody goes down in our family, and we sure as heck want to help other people um, when that happens to them. So and where can we want people, to take Where can people donate to that? Cowboygive.org. Okay. And can they you can follow us at Cowboy Entrepreneur. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You said cowboyentrepreneur.com? Is is my website. Cow, uh, Cowboygive.org is the foundation. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And they have Instagram too. They have Cowboy Give on Instagram. And we're on every social media, man. We just have fun with it, you know. My daughter and I posed in our FFA jackets yesterday, things like that, that we would, you know, uh, and I think that's on Facebook and Instagram on Cowboy Entrepreneur, but things like that, that we, you know, I would never do in a million years, except, you know, you just kept saying yes. And it's fun. I have two more questions. Number one, where can people get a hold of you? Um, if they go to um, any of the social media, they can message me through that. On LinkedIn is my name, Scott Knutson. Everything else is Cowboy Entrepreneur, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. And the website has, I think it has my number. They can always call me or they can call somebody on my team to get to me. Yeah. Perfect. And is there anything else you'd like to add before we close tonight? Man, I've had so much fun. I, I just tell you what, I'm so glad that um, Dr. Anderson emailed me and said, hey, is it okay if I give your name to 
rodeo kids. And I'm like, tell me more. So I, I researched y'all and everything y'all do. And man, from leadership to fitness, it's just, um, it's so important. And if you follow the steps, it's going to give you an advantage that when y'all branch out, it's just going to help you even more. But, you know, I think like Tiger Woods did for golf, you know, he, he made everybody get in shape. Just same thing is happening in rodeo right now. And when you're in shape, you're able to ride better, you think better. And, um, you know, the life skills of coaching, that's so important. And uh, I'm, it's good you're starting now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anything you. I can do to support rodeo kids, let me know. I'd be happy to help promote it, whatever I can do. Thank you so yeah. much for joining the podcast. This means sure. so much. And this is going to yeah. grow y'all. so big. And I really appreciate you joining tonight. Yeah. Thank you all very much. I had a ball. Thanks for what y'all do. Yes. Is that you want to wrap up with a prayer real quick? I yeah, can't do it. God, thank you for the opportunity to be able to do this podcast. I pray that this podcast will help not only the people in Rodeo Kids, but people outside, people to grow in the sport and people to grow in the any businesses that he does, God. I pray that you will continue to grow in that. pray that you will continue to bless him in all the things that he does. pray that you will continue to let us grow in our podcast to reach more and more people. pray all these things in your name. Amen. 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 That was awesome. Man, y'all were just a delight. So much fun. Awesome. Sounds good, y'all. Thank y'all so much. Y'all have a good night. You too. too. Bye-bye. Bye.